You're listening to a Thorn Creek Weekend Message Podcast. For more audio content and other resources, visit thorncreek.church messages. God, thank you for your grace and your love. We thank you, God, for the moms, the women in our life. Bless them, Lord. Bless them this weekend. May they feel love, Lord. Lord, right now, I, I, I also want to pray for all of those people who are on the front lines, our medical people, our, our law enforcement, all those people who are on the front lines. Would you be with them, keep them safe? I pray that you stomp out this virus, but even bigger than that, I pray that our nation turns to you. Lord, right now, would you put your Holy Spirit? Yeah, I know your Holy Spirit is already in me, and I just give full permission for your Holy Spirit to work in me. Work through me. I want to get lost in this message, Lord. I know there's a soul that's watching this message right now, and they're sitting in their living room or their kitchen or their car, or wherever they're at. Would you minister to them? Would you give God permission right where you're at? Would you tell God, God, open my eyes. Give me spiritual eyes to see. Give me ears to hear. Give me a heart to receive your word. And change me. Have your way in me. Thank you, God. We love you. And the church said, Amen. Do me a favor in the chat right now. Just type out, Amen. And the church said, Amen. God is good. Well, on this Mother's Day weekend, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about a special woman. But I want to share some other women with you as well. There was this This woman in the Bible, her name is Lydia. She was one of the first converts to Christianity. And in fact, she is well known to potentially be the very first convert in Philippi. And we read our letter in Philippians. And this woman, Lydia, was a big part of her. A big part of her life was being a Christian. In fact, she was a worshiper and she was a businesswoman. So for those of you who are business women, you would appreciate Lydia. Priscilla was a Jewish woman from Rome, and she is an example of partnership. She worked with her husband, and they worked for the Lord. Beautiful, beautiful ministry. Phoebe was a deacon. In fact, she was assigned to be a deacon by other men, elders, and deacons in the church. So it was a big deal that she was entrusted with that position, and she was attributed to the early church and its development and growth. You have other women in the Bible, like Sarah, Rahab, you have Rachel, Rebecca, Ruth, Deborah, Esther, Hagar, and so many other, Mary, the mother of Jesus, Elizabeth, and there's this other woman who's pretty popular as well. Her name is Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was a woman from Magdala. In fact, Magdala was well known as a city of prostitution. And that's where Mary Magdalene comes from. Gives you a little bit of uh, a slice of her life. Um, Magdala is actually located in the southwest coast of the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus spent much of his ministry. She's the one whom Jesus cast out seven demons and became a follower of Christ. And many Bible scholars believe she was the one who washed the feet of Jesus. And many also believe she is the one, the immoral woman that many people wanted to stone, but Jesus said, he who is without sin, let him 
cast the first stone. And beginning from the oldest to the youngest, men started dropping their stones and her life was spared. So that is her. She comes from this city, this place known for its prostitution, which incidentally, I went to St. Mary Magdalene School in San Antonio for a few years, and they left that part out of the history of Mary Magdalene. I did not know about that. But she was also the one who was present at the mock trial of Jesus. She was the one who saw the scourging. She was the one who saw Jesus at the cross. In fact, Scripture says she was one of those that was standing at the cross when many others had fled. And we pick up her story in John chapter 20, verse 11. It says this, Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord away. They've taken, they've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. I think it was more like, I have seen the Lord. I think she was just so excited. And she told them that he had seen, he had said, excuse me, told them that he had said these things to her. I think it's beautiful that when you look at the post-resurrected life of Christ, you see women are the first witnesses to the resurrection. In a culture during this time where women were not viewed as credible witnesses, you see God use women as witnesses. And it's the one who was raised up, who had experience potentially, had a background of potential prostitution. It was the woman who turned tricks. It was the woman who had a reputation in the city as being an immoral woman. It was the woman who was full of demons. It was that woman who experienced the grace of God who became a witness for everyone else and told all the other disciples, he has risen. I just talked to him. I just met with him. He has risen. See, it's a picture of the grace of God. All of us need a second chance. Don't you need a second chance? Hasn't the grace of God been good in your life? Isn't the life you're living right now a good life because of the grace of God? The very breath you're breathing right now is because of the grace of God. He loves you and he cares about you. Maybe you've been there before. Mary shows up 
and she looks into the tomb, she's expecting to find the body of Jesus Christ. Not alive, but dead. She's expecting to find a corpse. And when she walks into this tomb, the corpse is not there. And her first thought is, somebody stole the body of Jesus. And when that happens, something fills her, and she, she's full of anxiety. She's worried. She's stressed. In fact, Scripture says there's two angels, one at the head and one at the foot of where the body was, and they were there, and she does not recognize them as angels. And then later we hear that even Jesus himself, she looks at Jesus and she thinks he's a gardener. She does not see who Jesus is, and it's because of that anxiety. She's expecting one thing, and she's getting another. Maybe you've been there before. Maybe you're expecting change to happen. And it hasn't happened yet. Maybe you're expecting someone to change. And they haven't changed. Maybe you're, work, you're expecting your circumstances to change. And your circumstances haven't changed. And you walk into your own virtual tomb and you notice and you look inside and you say, oh my goodness, nothing has changed. What is happening? And you're looking at things with your physical eyes. See, Mary is being taught something here that we do every day now. Mary is being taught for the first time here to walk by faith. She's potentially one of the first followers to be challenged to walk by faith. See, God is teaching her, don't look at this with your physical eyes. You need to look with your spiritual eyes. The body is not there. You need to look at your spiritual eyes and recognize Jesus is standing beside you right now. See, our problem is when we look at things with our physical eyes, we can miss out with what God is doing in the middle of us. And God himself, Jesus Christ himself, is right beside you and you don't recognize him because you're looking at your circumstances with your physical eyes and you're worried and you're full of anxiety and you're stressed and you're not recognizing who is the one who's right beside you. You've got to look at Jesus. He's right beside you. Mary's being taught to look, at her, look with her spiritual eyes. Hebrews says it so well. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's the assurance of heaven, even though I haven't been there. It's the assurance that God's going to work everything out, even though I don't know how he's going to work it out. It's the assurance that God is hearing my prayers, even though I don't hear him talking back to me audibly. <laughs> it's the assurance that he's with me. It's that faith. I spent time with him this morning. I drank coffee and I spent time in his word. I spent time with him in the car and I felt his presence. I didn't see him, but I felt his presence and he spoke to me in his word. And I'm holding on to this word and I'm walking by faith. I'm trusting him. Even though my circumstances haven't changed, I'm looking at life with my spiritual eyes. Right now, I'm preaching to an empty room. I've got three camera people right here in this. Actually, we have four cameras right here in this room. Right now, all of you guys just shout out, hello. Just shout out really loud, hello. Would you guys, camera people, do that? 
That was a really weak hello. <laughs> but I'm preaching by faith because you know what's going to happen right here? God's going to use this video. God's using this message right now. And he's speaking by faith to someone in that living room, in that kitchen, in that car, at work, wherever it's at. God is using this and I'm working, I'm living by faith, just like you and me, just all of us, we're living by faith. I want you to hear this. The battlefield of your faith is where the visible and the invisible intersect. The battlefield of your faith, hear this again. The battlefield of your faith is where the visible and the invisible intersect. It's at that place right there when you see something and you're like, okay, I don't see a body, but I, I, where did you steal a body? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Don't look at the circumstances with your physical eyes. Look at it with your spiritual eyes. He is risen. And when you see circumstances in your life and you recognize nothing has changed, God wants you to look at things with your spiritual eyes and say, I don't see any change, but I know my God is with me. I know my God is working things out. I know my God sees the problems I face. I know my God is providing for me. I know my God is hearing my prayers. It's that exercise of the faith in the invisible. The exercise, Mary needed to be reminded of the words of Isaiah. God spoke to the people of Israel, and he's speaking to you and to me today with these words. This is what the word of the Lord says. Do not fear. Do not fear. <laughs> do not fear. Type in do not fear in the chat right now. Just do not fear. Fear. It's mentioned over 300 times in the good book. Do not fear. Why should you not fear? It's because the creator of the universe. It's the one who has named all of the stars of the galaxy. It's the one who holds everything together. Says, for I am with you. Glory to God. Do not fear for I am with you. That's God, God is saying, don't be afraid. God loves you. God cares about you. So you don't have to be afraid. Do not anxiously look about you. For I am your God. That tells us right there that we have the potential to look anxiously about us, to worry about life, worry about what's happening, and all of a sudden, we can lose our focus and not recognize Jesus standing right beside us. Do not anxiously look about you. Don't worry. Don't do that. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So you know what worry is? Worry is when you think about that same thought seven times. <laughs> now you're worried. And here God says, don't be anxious. 
Don't live like this. Some of you know, some of you live like this. This is how you live. And God's saying, don't live like this. Just calm down. Just chill out. Put your trust in God. This is not self-help. This is not self-meditation. This is not any kind of self-help at all. This is us putting our faith and our trust in the living God. We're not putting it in ourselves. We're not putting it in man or woman. We're putting our faith and trust in the living God who is over all. And his word tells us this is your God. He, he will strengthen you. He will help you. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be full of anxiety because your God is with you. If you don't want anything to do with God, then worry. If you don't want to have anything to do with God, if you don't want God's will for your life, if you have no desire to know God, I would say then worry. Because you're putting your trust in yourself. Don't anxiously look about you. Some of you have relationship problems. But it's not because of the relationship necessarily. It's because of the anxiety inside of you. Some of you have a hard time sleeping at night, and it's just because of the anxiety. One of the strategies of the enemy is to distract us. The enemy does this frequently. If he could distract you and get your mind on something else, get your physical eyes on something else, get your spiritual eyes on something else, then he's won the battle. And the challenge is, whatever we look at has so much power Whatever we see, there's so much power in what we see, whether it's visible or invisible. Whatever we look at. Advertisers know this fully well. I was watering my lawn this week, and and as I was watering my lawn, I had my podcast. I was listening to some good gospel music and uh, enjoyed gospel music. And I was watering my lawn, and there was this announcement that came on through Spotify and the announcement was something like this is, if you would like 30 minutes of uninterrupted music, then watch this video. And I thought, wow, you know, I, I don't know if I want to watch it. And then it came on again. If you would like 30 minutes of uninterrupted music, then watch this video. I thought, well, all right. Even advertisers know the power of what we look at. And the belief is if you look at something long enough, you'll desire it and you'll end up wanting to purchase that that product or that service or whatever it is. Likewise, whatever we don't see has incredible power. Our spiritual eyes have incredible power. Incredible power. Whatever we don't see. So you have to learn to put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. Just this week, I, or last week, I suppose, I was walking my dog, and, and I thought, well, I'm going to shoot a, a video with my phone, and I'm going to put it on social media, and I want to send it out to everyone. So I was super excited about it, and I had my phone in my pocket, and I went for a walk with my dog to a park, and I, I found a tree, and I shot the video, and I thought, ah, it's not very good. So I saw like a little table, uh, you know, nearby, so I thought, well, I'll go shoot it over there again, and I went over there to shoot it a second time, and I shot the whole video at the table, and I felt really good about it. I was like, I'm pretty articulate, and I, I felt like it was, it, was, it was just a good good, good setting. So I went ahead and went back home, and I thought, well, I'll just upload it when I get home. And when I went back home, I, uh, 
I got, op- I got my phone out, and I, I went ahead and looked for that video of me at that picnic table, and, and there was no video. There was no video. And it was then that I realized that I never hit the record button. I never hit the record button. So the whole time, I'm by myself looking at my phone on video and doing this whole video, and I never hit the record button. And I think about that. I thought, oh, you know what? I'll use the second video. I'll use the one by the trees. I went to that one, and I I turned it on, and all I heard was, (laughs) it was my dog panting the entire time of the video. So I just laughed at myself. I just Sometimes it's so good to laugh at yourself. I just laughed at myself. But I thought about that, and I thought that's how it could be. When we're doing life like this, and we're anxiously looking about, we have to hit that trust in God button. We have to hit that trust in God button that says, God, I'm going to trust you even if this doesn't make sense. I'm going to trust you even though the body is not there. I'm going to trust you even though my circumstances haven't changed. I'm trusting you. I'm exercising faith. It's my spiritual eyes that I'm looking at, looking through. We can fear a lot of things in this world. I just heard about the murder hornets. Have you heard about them? If you're a Hunger Games fan, the Tracker Jackers, they came out of Asia. They're these giant hornets with a wingspan of three inches and a body length of two inches. They have a stinger that can puncture bee suits. And when they sting, it's like hot nails. And it releases this potent venom and it targets the nerves. It melts your flesh. It gets more than 10 stings and you have to go to the hospital. With 30 stings, you're usually dead. It can cause kidney failure or total organ failure. Kills about 50 people every year in Asia, and they're extremely ag- aggressive. And in fact, they release a scent-tracking pheromone, and this pheromone alerts other murder hornets to follow you and track you. And in fact, if you're walking along and you accidentally step on their underground nest, they can come out and attack you. And I think, what else is there to worry about? <laughs> We're in a pandemic, and now we got to be concerned about the murder hornets. Incidentally, all of this research came from a very reputable source called TikTok. So I want you to be aware. <laughs> so what is going on with our world? What's going on with our world? You got to hit that put your trust in God button. You got to hit that put your trust in God button. Some of you are watching too much of the news and you need to spend more time in God's work. You are spending too much time in the news and the news is generating anxiety and worry. And little by little, you're becoming this delusional, this this distracted person and your heart is full of anxious thought. You're, You're anxious and you're living like that. God wants you to fix your eyes on him. Mary was so worked up, she didn't recognize the two angels. She didn't recognize they were angels and she didn't recognize Jesus standing right beside her. She didn't see it. See, we can go through life and experience the same kind of problem. What are you going to do when the visible contradicts the invisible? Which one's going to win? When the visible and the invisible intersect in your life, which one is going to win? What kind of person are you going to be? What kind of faith are you going to live out? How are you going to behave? You need to hear this. All the heroes of the Bible experienced this intersection right here. All the heroes of the Bible experienced this. When you start off with Abraham, and Abraham is giving this promise, and he's getting older. He sees he's getting older. He sees his wife is getting older. And there's this intersection of invisible and visible. What is he going to do? 
And you see that in the life of Abraham. You see Sarah, same thing. God, I'm getting older. What am I going to believe in? Job, chaos in his life, loses everything. Loses everything. And he's living his life. And he's like, what am I going to do now? I don't understand what's happening. I don't know why this is happening. But he held on to his faith in God. Even when everyone around him was telling him he has sin, he's done something wrong. But he kept, hold, he kept a hold of his integrity, kept walking by faith. You see it in Moses. Over and over, Moses is being chased by the Egyptians and, and God leads him to the edge of the Red Sea. And there it is. Moses has to choose. Am I going to trust God even though I don't see a way? Daniel, same thing. He's living in pagan country with this Babylonian king. And he's, being, he's facing this pagan king. And he has to decide what he's going to do. What kind of faith is he going to have? Elijah faced 450 false prophets. The widow who didn't have much was asked by Elijah for some food. David was promised to be king. Was prophesied to be king. And he's chased much of his life. He becomes a fugitive because of this disillusional king named Saul. It's this kind of life over and over. You see it, Joseph. Joseph has a dream, and then his life is full of injustice. You see it in Naomi. Naomi flees Israel because of a famine. And she becomes a bitter woman. And she's wondering, where is God? You see it in the mother of Jesus, Mary herself. She's told by an angel she's going to have a child. And here she is right here. She's told to believe. And she's thinking, I haven't even had sex yet. How can I have a child? <laughs> How does that work out? And God says, all you have to do is believe. The Holy Spirit himself. The Holy Spirit himself will fill you. You need to believe. And you see this throughout history. Paul facing Nero. The disciples facing a storm. Elisha facing an army. Here's a great story in 2 Kings when Elisha was facing an army. And they were all around him. And script, the, the word says it like this. When the servant of the man got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. So Elisha's servant sees with his physical eyes the horses, the chariots, the army, the battle, sees, sees the army around him. That's what he sees with his physical eyes. But look what happens. Verse 16, this is what Elisha says. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Wow, glory to God. God just opened his eyes. And that was Elisha's prayers. Let him see. He's full of anxious thoughts right now. Let him see. He's worried. Let him see. Let him see. And when he opens his eyes, he sees the army of God is with him. 
Let me tell you what will help you see clear. The more time you spend in God's Word, the more time you walk with Him, the more time you cry out to Him, you will gain a stronger spiritual perspective in your life. This right here brings clarity and you see the unseen. You see the invisible kingdom. You see God moving. If you're not spending any time in God's Word, you'll have a hard time seeing spiritual spiritual things you need to spend time what are you facing right now some of you are facing a hard marriage maybe in your home you become roommates maybe this stay-at-home time has been a good thing or maybe it's been a really really challenging thing because you're together and you're not used to being together what are you facing Maybe you have a son or a daughter who's making bad decisions right now in life and you're just looking at their life and you're thinking, oh, I wish they would turn to God. What are you facing? Maybe it's a job situation and maybe your boss has told you there's a possibility you're going to lose hours or your job might be cut or, or maybe a possibility of employment or your, whatever it is, what are you in between? Whatever you're facing, what are you facing? When you're looking at things with your visi- visi- you know, the visible things and you're asked to, to put your faith in God and you're at this intersection, what are you facing right now? How will you live? Maybe you're a medical professional and you're facing corona every day. Good evening, staff. I just wanted to tell you that you guys are doing awesome, and I wanted to uh, pray for you before you go on the spaceship. And I'm going to send some food. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that you give us peace in the middle of our storms. And I thank you that you courage to go on every day. And even though other people don't know what we're going through, you do. And thank you, God, for giving us wisdom to take care of these patients and the privilege to be there for them. And I pray that you give us more compassion and more love and more wisdom to do what you have called us to do. Amen. I'm going to sing a song many of you might not know, but it's about having peace in the middle of the storm. You call me out upon the water, the great unknown, the female I love that video. I love that video of that nurse or PA, whatever she is. Maybe she's a doctor. I love that video where she's praying to this other person on the phone and she's singing behind her mask that beautiful song called Oceans where her feet, where her feet may not stumble, where her faith is stronger. I love that. Let me, let me break it to you right now. Let me break it to you. 
you were never in control. Some of you are worried and anxious and you're concerned about death or illness. You're concerned about the, the unknown. Let me tell you, you were never in control. Let me break it to you. You were never invincible. Let me break it to you. You were never in charge. And let me break it to you also. Every tomorrow has been a gift from God to you. Some of you have had near-death experiences, and God has spared you. Some of you have had near-death experiences, and you didn't even know it. God has given you grace, and it's, by, it's every breath that you take is by the grace of God. None of you have to plug yourself into a wall like your phone charger. It's by the grace of God that you have breath. And God wants you to turn to him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your strength, and all of your might. Did you notice what Jesus says to Mary? When Mary is doing this, Mary is doing this. What does Jesus do? Jesus says to her, Mary. Isn't that so strong? He just calls her out by her personal name, Mary. It's like God calling you out and saying, John, Tim, Nancy, Lisa, Greg, Pam, Terry, Johnny. He calls her out by her personal name. And something about the way he says it, something about the compassion of Christ, something about the way he says it, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. You know, there's a difference when someone who knows you calls your name versus a stranger who calls your name. There is a difference with someone who loves you when they call your name versus someone who hates you when they call your name. Jesus loves Mary. He knows where she has come from. He knows how he has delivered her. He knows her dark past. And he says, Mary. And immediately that was enough to get her attention and she stops spinning and she focuses on Christ. See, we can become spiritually distracted. We can lose our focus. Paul goes on to say this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day, even during a pandemic. Verse 17 says, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Those momentary troubles, wearing a mask or waiting outside in line at Home Depot or whatever it is, those light and momentary troubles, they're just momentary. They're not going to last forever. This is an opportunity for every Christian to walk by faith. This is an opportunity right now for the church to become stronger and stronger. This is an opportunity for us to show a world that does life with the visible, to show them that there's an invisible kingdom and that God loves them and cares about them. We walk by faith. And verse 18 says this, so, so, say so right where you're at, so, 
put your hand on someone's shoulder and just tell them so. So we fix our eyes. So we fix our eyes. We fix our eyes. Not, not on what is seen, not on the visible, Mary. Not on the visible, but on what is unseen. We fix our eyes on what is unseen. That's spiritual talk right there. That's spiritual talk. God is teaching us right now, don't fix your eyes on what is visible. Don't fix your eyes on the circumstances right now. Fix your eyes on what is unseen. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ. Fix your eyes on God's Word. Lean on Him. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. <laughs> what is unseen is eternal. Our love, souls, our spirits, unseen, but they're eternal. And Paul goes on to say in Colossians, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above. Set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. See right here, Paul is saying when, you're, when you have this intersection in your life, Set your mind on things above. Trust God. God will see you through. Not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. He's talking to Christians. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You used to live life one way, but now you live life another way. Your life used to look like this, but now you're fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, and you're learning to walk by faith, even though circumstances are not changing, even though what you see is not changing, you are fixing your eyes on Christ, and you're looking at life with your spiritual eyes. See, you need to be okay. You need to be okay with things that you can't control. You need to be okay with things that you don't understand. You need to be okay with chaos because you have a God who is right beside you. You have a God who will strengthen you. You have a God who will uphold you. You have a God who will be by your side. He will not leave you. You have a God who holds your future. Your future is not in the hands of any boss or employer. And your life has never been in the hands of anyone else or even a virus. God has been watching over you. You don't have to worry about the virus and you don't have to worry about the murder hornets. You can trust God with your life. You can live by faith. Paul says it like this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. For we walk by faith and not by sight. So we live life knowing that we are just passing through. We are trusting God. What a phenomenal time for those of you who call yourself a Christian to be a Christian. What a phenomenal time. 
I want to encourage you. Maybe you're watching this video, and maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you've been distracted, and, and maybe your life looks like, you know, that life like, like that, and you're just all over the place. But today, right now, God is using this video, and he wants you to give your life to Jesus Christ. He wants you to become a follower. Some of you have a past, and you can relate to Mary Magdalene. And God's love is so great. When Jesus said, Mary, she heard grace. She heard forgiveness. She heard love. She heard compassion. She heard the stones falling from the hands of those men who wanted to stone her. And she turned to him. That's your God. Your life is not wasted. Your life is not too late. You haven't messed up your life enough where God can't do something with it. It'll all become part of your story. It's okay. God wants you to turn to him. And if this pandemic has got your attention, well, glory to God. Give your life over to Jesus while you have breath. God can change you. God can do a miracle in your heart and a miracle in your home. He can do a miracle in your heart and home. And he can breathe life where there was no life. He can do that. All you have to do is put your faith in God. Would you let me pray with you? And as I pray with you, would you make this your prayer as well? Let's pray. Jesus, right now, I ask you to come into my heart. Make that your prayer. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me for my sins. I give you all of myself. I choose to become a Christian. I confess my sins to you, and I ask for you to be by myself, to be the forgiver of my life. I give you my past, my present, and my future. Thank you, Lord, for reaching out to me. Others of you, Maybe you're full of anxiety and maybe you don't recognize God standing right beside you. Maybe you just have been distracted and maybe you need to focus. Would you just say this? God, right now, I focus on you. Jesus, I focus on you. I focus on your word. Help me to see things with my spiritual eyes so that when I'm at that intersection, faith wins. Faith wins. Thank you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Each year, thousands of Thorn Creek Church messages are downloaded for free. This ministry is generously supported by Thorn Creek Church members and listeners like you. If you'd like to support this ministry, please consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting thorncreek.church/give.